and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one righteous page of Talmud every day. And I say righteous because in today's pages, Moed Katan 16 and 17, the rabbis ask us to think about, well, just how angelic, just how betifik, just how good our rabbis, our spiritual religious leaders ought to be. Have a listen. Rav Yehuda said to Rabbi Barbar Khana, Have you heard anything with regard to this issue? He said to him, Rabbi Yochanan said as follows, What is the meaning of that which is written, For the priest's lips should keep knowledge, and they should seek Torah at his mouth, for he is a messenger, malach, the word modern Hebrew uses for angel, of the Lord of hosts. This verse teaches, If the teacher is similar to an angel of the Lord, then seek Torah from his mouth. But if he is not pure and upright, then do not seek Torah from his mouth. Even if he is knowledgeable about Torah, do not learn from him. What a fascinating indication that it is not enough to seek knowledge of the Torah from someone who knows it, but he also has to be pure and upright. And when I seek a pure and upright rabbinic authority, my mind wanders to my good friend and teacher, the Kordoroivska Rav, Reb Mark Oppenheimer. Welcome back to the show. Oh, Shalom Aleichem, Yael. It's so good to be here. You're not only a rabbinic teacher of some renown, you're also someone uh, who, in his day job, used to, for many years, be the religion columnist for a small uh, New York-based paper called The Times, which gave you an opportunity to really get to know a lot of religious leaders, some of them, I'm sure, pure and upright, and some not so much. So just tell me, in, in your travels, in your reporting, is this distinction correct? Does it, does it resonate with you? I think it, it gets about halfway there. It's a real conundrum, right, that you want your, your teacher of Torah to be not just a teacher, but somebody who embodies it. And certainly, I think it's correct that you would never want to learn Torah from someone who is well-known in the community to be indifferent to Torah in his or her own personal life. You, you wouldn't want someone who's nakedly hypocritical, who, who, who talked to you about this, these mitzvot, but then never lived them or aggressively flouted them to be your teacher of Torah. The whole, it would make a mockery of the whole thing. On the other hand, we know in our tradition that, that people are deeply flawed and that if you look deeply enough at any teacher of Torah, even one who's outwardly upright and, and noble, you will find that they too are, are sinners like all of us. Right. Pure is a really big word here. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really – and we, we don't believe that there's ongoing revelation. We don't believe we have prophets in our midst really or, or very, very few and they're secretive and hidden if they exist. So – Whoever you get for your teacher of Torah, the best you can hope for is that they're someone who so far has not screwed up publicly, whose transgressions have been small enough and discreet enough and, and tiny and hidden enough that you can reasonably learn with them without making a mockery of the process. You're not learning with a well-known, a public sinner. But then, of course, if you learn with them long enough, eventually we will discover that they have clay feet. And this makes it very, very difficult to know whom can we, in fact, learn with. I mean, when I was, you alluded to my work at the Times. And time and again, I would be asked to report on some figure, some teacher who it turned out had been sexually exploitative toward his students or simply emotionally abusive and exploitative toward his students or in his own life. I mean, the last thing you want to do is ever see inside a teacher's marriage or parenting or tax returns. You, if you look far enough, you will discover that, that they really aren't any better than we are, um, that, that human beings actually exist within a fairly narrow bandwidth of goodness. So to me, it's you don't want to publicly study with the worst people, and you want to hold your teachers accountable. They don't get a pass for being learned in Torah, um, but nor can we expect them to be perfect humans. 
I can't let you go without asking you to comment briefly on, on one story of yours that really, you know, stuck with me for, for many years. This was uh, the piece breaking the story of uh, a very charismatic rabbi named Mark Gaffney. So first of all, tell us a little bit about this particular rabbi. I'm particularly interested in the way you talk to some of his disciples, to some of his students, who even after very concrete evidence of sexual misdeeds, to say the least, came out, continued to be sort of, you know, uh, to be adherents of, of this rabbi. Well, it's actually in some ways even more relevant to uh, to the Daf than that. So he was this guy. He came up through modern orthodoxy and was a rabbi in New York for a while and then in Boca Raton, Florida. And everywhere he went, he was just sleeping with lots of people promiscuously, um, you know, mostly consensually, although there was also evidence that he um, that he uh, groped and, and, you know, abused, molested uh, at least one and possibly two teenage girls below the age of consent in when he was in New York City. Um, but in most places he meant that he went, the complaint, um, at the very least what he did was lie and betray and sow discord and humiliate people. And there was just kind of sociopathy to what he was doing. And this was something that was re- that was eventually broke out into the open in every community he was in. And then he would be forced to flee and he would start a community somewhere else. He was in Israel for a while. A lot of this also was before the internet and people weren't good at communicating. You, you could flee your transgressions a bit better. And then, of course, he finally ended up in the most amoral place in the world, which was Silicon Valley, where, among <laughs> other supporters, uh, among other supporters, uh, John Mackey, the CEO of Whole Foods, uh, supported him for a time and I believe gave some money to his efforts and, and various other kind of people well-beloved in the new age and wellness and healing communities, but who couldn't see see him for what he was or refused to see him for what he was. And and this is, I think, especially relevant because in some of these cases, it, with, with Gaffney, the people who themselves were most abused and exploited did tend to turn against him. They weren't captive to him. It was the other people who continued to, to continue the metaphor, learn Torah with him, though he wasn't teaching much Torah at this point. It was the other people who didn't mind that he was well known to be a, uh, a horrible human being. They felt like, well, if he has some Torah to teach or if he has a meditation technique I like, I'll continue learning with him. And I think that's what, what today's uh, page of Talmud is really about is that it's not only incumbent on the person who has been harmed to stand up for themselves and, and, and rebuke the person who harmed them and say, I'm not going to be your student anymore. It's also incumbent on other people in the community, if they know that someone is toxic or is not living Torah, to say, you know, we don't think that you're a creditable teacher anymore, and we're going to stand with the victims and stand with those who have been harmed. And, and we're going to seek other teachers. At the very least, we're going to seek other teachers who seem to be living Torah true lives in, in a better way. Amen, Salah, and may we all be so fortunate as to have righteous, pure, and upright teachers as you, our Corduroy Rav. Thank you so much, Mark Oppenheimer, for being our guest. Well, all we know is what you haven't discovered about me yet. <laughs> This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Studios. If you enjoy this show, and I hope you do, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafyomi. I'm your host, Leah Leibowitz, and our producers are Josh Cross, Sarah Fredman Ader, and Robert Scarmuccia, with help from Quinn Waller. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You could find us on Twitter 
at Take One Daf Yomi, or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we've made your day a little bit more Talmudic, and we'll see you again soon. Thank you.